Kate Jams 105.3. It's in there pretty with me. Your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy in the morning. How you doing this morning? I hope that this Sunday morning is going easy as your gospel should be. If this is your first time with me, then allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Preach Easy. They call me that not because I'm easy on the eyes, but because I believe the gospel should be easy like your Sunday morning. That means here on K Jams 105.3, we're going to be diving into the nitty gritty. You know, answering the questions that you ask yourself in the middle of the night, like who am I? What is my purpose? Why did God make me? Well, I believe all the answers to that are real simple because they start with you. The journey getting there, the journey getting there is where it gets a little tough, where it can get a little difficult, but that's where I come in. As your favorite radio reverend, as the most poppin' podcast pope, you can find me on all streaming platforms. So that means all you got to do is type in Preach Easy wherever it is that you listen to your music and get your podcast heck. I made it so simple, you can even type it in on Google. You just go ahead and type in Preach Easy. That's P-R-E-A-C-H. Put a little space between there. E dot Z. That'll keep you tuned in and up to date, especially as we are diving into the word today. We're going to be talking about listening to God's voice today. So if you've been feeling a little distant, if you've been trying to jump back into kickstarting your relationship with God as we are diving into a brand new year, then I got the word for you. You in the right space. But before we can dive too far in, we got to get rid of all that excess you know, focus, those concerns, those worries, those issues and conversations you may have been carrying with you for the past week, the past month, whatever those situations, challenges, problems were, we're going to give them on over to the Lord now so we can focus on what God has in store for us. So go ahead, gather up those issues, those fi- those problems and situations and just exhale them. Give them on over to the Lord so we can focus on what God has in store for us in the word today. Just exhale, just <sighs> Now that we created a space to move in the groove, let's breathe on in the promises, the blessings, the good news, and the gospel that the Lord has coming up for us in the next week, the next month. Lord, if you're able and willing, and we know you are, we'll take in the next 30 minutes, Lord, in the next 30 seconds. Go ahead and breathe on in the promises, the blessings, the good news, and the gospel now. Just go ahead and breathe it in. Just... And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive on into talking about listening to the word of God. First Samuel chapter three, verse 10 begins very simply after a rather complicated set of events, but it says starting like this. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other three times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel spoke up and said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the modern day, many believers would believe or would argue that somehow in the past, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years back, God was just simply more conversational. Many would have this myth in their head or this belief that back in the day, anybody and everybody could just strike up a conversation with God, as if faith in the past was somehow stronger, more abundant, and more powerful than it could ever be here. As if the invention of electronics and Wi-Fi was somehow blotting out our natural connectivity to God. 
As if the more advanced we became, the more distant we became from God. As if there was some correlation between the two. But for many not modern believers, they forget that in the Old Testament, the average believer, the average Israelite or Jewish person, actually relied on a prophet for their interactions with God. Conversations one-on-one -on -one with God was rare, and oftentimes when it did, either they were looked at as if they were crazy or they were pushed to become a prophet. They were ostracized and expelled, or they were raised up to be leadership. The idea is that in the past and in antiquity, in the book of 1 Samuel, they present it as this is an age where the average person is not hearing the word of God. I would argue that God speaks the same continuity or speaks to the same cadence and consistency as God did in the past to what God does now. But the same thing that blocked out God's voice to those in the past is the very same thing that blocks out God's voice to us now. It's not that God's not speaking. It's that we're not listening. Samuel does something very specific in this verse. When God speaks out to Samuel after the third time, see, Samuel was not used to hearing from God. In fact, what we're witnessing right now is the very first interaction between God and God's future prophet. Here is Samuel, a mentee of the current prophet, but this is his first instance. They call him a boy in the text, but we have no speculation or true understanding of how old Samuel could be. He could be from 10 years old to 17 years old. That's a lot of way, many years in between for this potential prophet to have never heard the word of God. But here Samuel is in 1 Samuel 3.10. After being in the middle of the night, God wakes him up calling his name, but Samuel doesn't know what God sounds like. Instead, Samuel goes out looking for his mentor, Eli. And instead, when Eli sends him back, like, bro, stop waking me up in the middle of the night. On the third time, Eli finally in his old age realizes, huh, I am a prophet. God does normally speak to us a lot of times. Maybe that's what's going on. See, this story is meant to remind the modern-day reader that even in antiquity, even in the encapsulated Bible, there were still periods and times where the leadership, the prophets, were not listening to God. But it wasn't because God wasn't speaking. It wasn't because miracles won't, weren't still being worked. It wasn't because God had taken a vacation because the earth was still spinning. The sun was still performing its actions. The universe was still being sustained by God. So God was still speaking. What had changed was that we went from listening to hearing. Now, for many, that difference between listening and hearing may feel minute may feel insignificant, but if you've ever had to herd cattle, if you've ever had to wrangle cats or deal with children, especially the younger they are, you know the difference between listening and hearing is a mile long. If someone simply hears you, they may nod their head, but then keep on doing whatever they were doing. 
If someone hears you, they may physically have received the vibrations in the air and their eardrums may have physically felt that, but there was no comprehension, just a quick response and complacency. Uh-huh, I heard you. But if they're listening, there's a shift and there's a change. It goes from simply complacency to comprehension. If they're listening to you, there's some level of internal dialogue that shifts and changes because now they have to take that additional new information and apply it to what they already had. If they're listening to you, there's some change in the relationship. But if they just heard you, they'll move on. See, it was not that God was not speaking. It was that the people had grown so accustomed to being in the presence, the grace, the consistency of God, that they went from listening to God to simply hearing God. God's blessings were still abundant. God's victories were still saving them. But instead of listening for God, actively looking for how they can support and move the kingdom, we became complacent because listening inspires a level of fear and anxiety, dissonance, because that internal dialogue can oftentimes lead to an internal conflict. This recognition that maybe I'm doing something that I shouldn't. And that's exactly what happens with Samuel. It's so interesting that when Samuel was first hearing a voice, thinking that it was Eli, he had no issue waking Eli up in the middle of the night. Now, if I was Eli, I'd be pressed. I'd be frustrated. I'd be upset. But yet he potentially kept his cool, according to the text, and kept just sending Samuel back to his room. But as soon as Samuel heard and realized it was God's voice, and God gave this revelation to Samuel, a revelation meant for Eli. Now Samuel suddenly grew silent. Now Samuel felt like it was rude to bust into Eli's room in the middle of the night. But now you have true information for Eli from God. So what happened? Well, the revelation from God was that Eli's household was not in order. That Eli's sons were out in the street running amok and causing trouble and bringing shame onto his name. And here was poor Eli doing his best before the Lord. But he's partially blind. He's barely able to keep up with most of the days. And so Eli may, in his best efforts, simply not known that his house was out of order. But here was Samuel, given the revelation in the middle of the night. Here was Samuel, who had bothered Eli two times before. But now when he had important information, when he he had to hold his mentor accountable, the man who put him up, the man who was paying him, the man who was feeding him. Now he had to do something that was uncomfortable, and now suddenly he's silent. Now suddenly he waits until the morning to discuss with Eli. Fear is natural. But it's not necessary. When God speaks to us, this is our almighty creator, the divine. The word amazement comes to mind. When God speaks, 
it is this magnitude that is both awe-inspiring in the sense of it is beautiful, but yet so grandiose that it's almost scary to imagine or compare. Those interactions with God should fill you up with a catacomb of emotions. And it is our duty and responsibility to work through them. Fear is natural, as Samuel presents, but it's not necessary. Fear is what keeps us simply hearing God and keeps us away from listening to what God needs. It keeps us complacent or can, to give a little complacency. We can show up to church. We can sing a little songs. We can nod our head in prayer but we can't perform the true actions that God has placed on our heart because we're simply hearing, not listening, simply because we're allowing fear to hold us back. Fear is natural, but it ain't necessary. The Lord did not deliver us a spirit of fear, but of hope and strength. See, it is this fear that oftentimes leads humanity to its greatest sin. Oftentimes, the worst and most atrocious actions are performed by subsections of humanity because most portions of humanity don't have the access to abuse or misuse the rest of humanity. But those who simply stand in action, on the sidelines, not wanting to lean one way or the other, simply standing on the fence, our inaction is still accountable. If Samuel had sat there with the revelation about Eli and his household and had not spoken to Eli the next morning, that sin now transfers from Eli to Samuel. Because here was God trying to use the next generation to save and redeem the prior generation. But instead, Samuel made the same mistakes or could have made the same mistakes. Instead, he had a conversation. Instead, he held authority accountable. Instead, he stood up for what he believed in, spoke out for what he knew was wrong, and was able to change and save Israel. Being able to anoint the following kings that would be able to set the household in order. When God speaks, for many of us in the modern day, We've learned to believe this lie that God somehow speaks less because there's an intake or an uptake in electronics and Wi-Fi devices. That our attention span has somehow been shortened. But here we see that even in antiquity, there's been times where God was speaking, but man wasn't listening. There was times when God was begging and pleading with the world to change or to shift. And instead, we allowed fear to hold us back. We allowed our inaction to become the sin that kept the kingdom from coming. In our modern day, don't allow the myth, the lie, the stratagem by the enemy to try and tell you that God somehow cares less about modernity, cares less about today than he did 2,000, 3,000 years in the past. 
God loves us the very same that God loves them in the past. Otherwise, Christ would not have died on Calvary, living a sinless life just for all of humanity. Not just for everybody who lived before him, but for every person that lives and continues to live after him. Christ died so that we have the opportunity not just to hear God, but to listen, to obey, and to be more than what we are today. It is just that easy to listen, to recognize fear may be natural, but it ain't necessary. It is just that easy to take an action, the first step. Stand up for what you believe in. Find the space where God speaks to you and continue to listen. This is your favorite radio Reverend Preach Easy. That was my interpretations on 1 Samuel chapter 310. Let me know your interpretations down below. And if you liked any part of this, make sure to comment, share, like, send it to a friend. And know, I'll be praying for you till you hear from me again. Your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy, signing off.